I mean, horror movie survival guide number one. If Dracula offers to shave you, you, you say, say no, no, you know, <laughs> especially with a straight razor. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is pretty basic. We shouldn't even have to be saying this rule. But here we are saying these ru- this rule because Jonathan Harker's like, you're right. You know, <laughs> you're like, no, Jonathan. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gorehounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college in which we meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror movie section of our local video store in our quest to learn how to survive and to ensure we end up as, as the, the final, final girl. girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking each movie down one by one, speaking out over all the ghastly minutia, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. And uh, I'm Julia. I'm Marion. Uh, this is episode number 31. Uh, our episode title is Canapé, Dr. Seward. Because we are going to be discussing 1992's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this is another one that was kind of, that's sort of the very the rarity of horror movies that have been nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Yes. Um, and all of them have to do with makeup and costume and production design because this movie is just... Opulent. Gothic extravaganza. Yes, Um, it was nominated. uh, It won for uh, Best Costume, costume, Sound Effects, and Makeup. Yeah, and it was nominated for for Production Design, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, or Art Direction, rather. But yeah, this movie is just... I mean, I I think I read later that this is specifically where Francis Ford Coppola put all of his money, all his money and focus and whatever into was specifically what everyone's going to be wearing. And it's amazing. Like I feel like every time every actor comes to this movie, you're like, what? What? Yeah, that's such a it's such a cool way to have a like. I mean, I mean, there's so much going on, but to have it also be because a lot of I think Dracula movies fail in that in that category. The sort of the opulence, like, yes, yeah. like it's not as like visually stunning as as and, uh-huh. and to make it into something that's uh, more like Oscar highbrow, yeah, but uh-huh. also happens to be a, like a straight up horror movie. Yeah, is great. Yeah. Uh, so this movie uh, cost forty million dollars. Uh huh. Uh, made eighty two million. Wow. Okay. That's pretty so good. So doubled it, doubled it back. Well so. done. Okay, that's pretty awesome. Um, I also kind of like that this movie. Are you a fan of this book? Do you like this book? Um, okay. This is see. This is going to ru- ruin my horror street cred here. But okay. I will tell you that I've tried to read. I've tried to read Dracula like five times. Okay. And I'm into Dracula, so uh-huh. like I've really tried, uh-huh. and I just can't do it because it's just letters. I was going to say, so it's I, all in past tense. You and I are a hundred percent in agreement with this. So oh, really? I, I have finished it, okay. but. Uh, well, I, what I was originally going to say is that I enjoy how, compared to a lot of other Dracula movies, they really try and be very faithful to the book. There's definitely, they've taken some liberties in a couple of areas, but uh, for the most part, in terms of structure and story and actually having characters where you actually have Mina and Lucy, which very often that character gets blended into one person. Um, I will say, though, when I read this book, I think I read it in middle school or something, and I had read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which I was like, awesome, this thing's amazing. And then I had read uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and then I was going to complete the trifecta by reading Dracula, and I thought it was the dullest thing in it took forever to meet dracula like it was just the endless letters that jonathan writes back to mina about the carpathian mountains and about carriage rides and like all this lawyer stuff which again is really interesting because i know it it's meant to lull you into this false sense of security and then dracula you know but it just because coming off these other kind of classic horror novels it just took forever it is a it is a slow, slow burn in that movie. I mean, that book. Uh, so yeah, I feel like we've just ruined every bit of horror that we have. 
because <laughs> like I'm really sorry, guys. I really have tried, and mm-hmm. uh, but it's I would, not a bad book. It's, it's just very, very slow. It's very Victorian. So by the it, and when it, by the time it gets to it, I got it. Like every, it's amazing, you know. But it just takes its sweet, sweet time, and the structure of it is really different and kind of interesting so i feel like the beginning of this movie they try and stay very faithful to that why they they have a lot of people writing letters in the beginning of this um in the beginning of this movie but i like it i appreciate that at least francis ford coppola was trying to make it more accurate to what the book really is rather than what people think dracula is about based on like you know hammer films or right. bella lugosi or whatever so um, I give it credit for that. Okay, so I don't. I, we. I feel. I feel weird about it because okay. I, I don't want people to think that we. You know, I, I am into my horror, and uh-huh. you know, it's it's a great book. It's just not for me. But that's fine. I think but that's totally acceptable. You don't film, lose your street cred. On the other hand, this film is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so this film apparently was originally going to be a TV film, directed by Michael Apted, who did the Up series. Wow. Seven Up Twenty One. 14, 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love, I love the up series mm-hmm. and I'm like, Hmm, him, Dracula. Different. Interesting. Um, but then, uh, Winona Ryder, uh, brought the script to Francis Ford Coppola mm-hmm. and was, they were, apparently they were meeting. This also is like, I love thinking about the movies that almost were. Right. Uh, and apparently they met to actually talking about a film version of Jack Kerouac's on the road. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Which, uh-huh. I can't even I can't even imagine Francis Ford Coppola's version of of On the Road I think would be very interesting actually that's, that's just a solid meeting like your meeting is for On the Road your back pocket is yeah. Dracula yeah. Like, <laughs> well done Winona Ryder yeah well exactly done. and um, the, apparently this is also a lot of her uh, casting suggestions oh really so it's kind of her dream cast interesting mm-hmm. well um, Anthony Hopkins Gary, Gary Anthony Man, Hopkins yeah. um, okay so here, here we have yeah the, let's break the, this thing down the things that almost were mm-hmm. uh, we almost had uh, Steve Buscemi as Ren field can you imagine uh almost had uh johnny depp as jonathan harker not not wow. against that choice not that would be that. yeah uh-huh. something. uh the people who auditioned for dracula include uh-huh. andy garcia okay nope okay antonio banderas nope but gabriel burn later but okay gabriel burns doesn't have the chops right uh armando sante mm-hmm. and then as almost had as ben helsing liam neeson oh really i could see that yeah mm-hmm. yeah so uh, there's, I, I love the the movies that almost were. Yeah, no, I do. Alternate I, dimension uh, I, versions of this film. I enjoy that too. I also just like the the beginning of this movie too. Is it's it's a really low key beginning. It just kind of slowly. That's a lie. Um, <laughs> the beginning of this movie is ridiculous, and it uh, it describes. I mean, obviously they're very much taking that Dracula is a hundred percent Vlad the Impaler, right? Hundred percent. And so you have this sort of beginning where you see this battle that's done in these silhouettes and this with like the red blood red sky and the dark so like their war scenes this is like probably the best war scene for you julia since you're you're not a fan it's all done in shadow Uh um and you can see that uh that uh vlad is sort of this you know warrior he gets married to winona Ryder, and then he you know goes off and fights and um and then comes back and he defeats his enemies, but his enemies have uh, sent uh, shot an arrow into the castle with a note that said that he's been killed and so winona Ryder's elizabetta chucks herself very Ophelia-esque mm-hmm. um, into the river and he comes back sees that she's dead and just decides that God is not for him that God has screwed him and he was fighting for God right and look what happened right and so I mean I like that like not only do they just kind of talk about this idea but they also illustrate it in as many visual ways as possible so he has the holy water and knocks that down and then takes his sword beats up a couple priests takes his sword and stabs the crucifix 
which starts bleeding mm-hmm. and then everything starts bleeding um, and dead by noted writers on the ground. Da, da, da. Then and he, he like this horrible howl. And of, he takes the cup and he fills it up with the crucifix blood right. and drinks it because right. that's apparently how you become immortal, guys. I guess so. Yeah. Or that's what happens when you're like no longer with God. Uh, everything just bleeds, I yeah. guess. Um, but you also see one of many amazing outfits that Gary Oldman has in this movie, that kind of like muscle night suit you know talking I about wish that you got red... to see him in the helmet he's got like a badass like wolf helmet in uh-huh. his arm but you never see him wear it does he wear it when he's fighting no oh okay i don't think so because they gotta let you know it's him right right so if you put gary helmet... like look i'm gonna do this whole thing but i'm not wearing <laughs> the wolf helmet all right it's a, it's a bridge too far um but basically yeah that sort of like sets up like the dracula origin story yes. um and then immediately we jump into uh we jump into meeting jonathan and mina uh-huh. Played by Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So the thing is, <clears throat> um, so we I'll, all love him. We do. I mean, Keanu Reeves is is something mm-hmm. in this film. Uh, his <laughs> accent is yeah. really bad. Like yeah. one of the worst accents I can think of on film. It's not great. It's very distracting. It's so distracting because and then sometimes you forget about it, and then they'll be having a conversation, and then it comes back in. You're like, wow, I'm way taken out of this. Bloody. Blue Inferno. I know what a bastard is. Wait, what? <laughs> and, and, and he, the, the problem oh, is, I is love that the him fr- so much. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's our producer, Terry. Um, oh, so but you lovely. don't love him less. You I know, don't love just, him less. He's no, so nice. I just saw him again a couple months ago, and he's the nicest guy he, on the planet. He's, you guys. he's wonderful. Put it out like, there no, that way. But it's just the sorry. It, but just Jonathan Hart, and and it's hard too because Jonathan Harker is really. It's really kind of a thankless role, and right. it's very much like he's just kind of a magoo in this yeah. movie. You know what I mean? Like he's it's such a kind of a doofusy character. Right. So then, sort of already on top, which is why when you were sort of saying the Johnny Depp thing, like, wow, that a that have been a game changer. That would have been. It yeah. would have been like a, such a more dynamic film. Yeah. So like, because, I mean, the problem is they have you meet Jonathan Harker talking to a guy who's actually British. Mm-hmm. So that like oh, really sets up how bad his accent is. Yeah. Um, and I've read that he was, he had filmed like three intense, Keanu Reeves had filmed like three intense movies back to back and this was his fourth. Okay. And he's like, I just, I didn't have it. Like I wasn't, I didn't have the energy for it. Mm -hmm. And like, I was really trying my best and like, that's all there was. Yeah. And so it's like, if you think, yeah, but then if you think about someone like Johnny Depp, who, especially in 1992, would have like, yeah, would have given it everything. Yeah. It Mm -hmm. would have made the film like. Yeah. Well, and I think also more importantly, for the film like it's really about the relationship between Mina and Dracula and yeah. I and I feel like sort of the the other characters that are sort of like the fun characters are sort of the three suitors and Lucy and yeah. like all of them are great so I don't think it hugely hurts this movie right but it is just it, it is distracting okay well I saw let me let me just say that I saw this movie when it came out uh, in 1992 for sure oh I definitely did not and I saw it a lot um, oh okay I'm, I'm a big like repeat viewer so like yeah, yeah. especially as a kid I probably saw this movie like 10 times uh-huh. I would be not surprised if that was the number. Wow. Um, and it made me like fall in love with Gary Oldman and right. like, go down a rabbit hole and watch all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Winona Ryder, I've been an enormous fan of since Beetlejuice. And mm-hmm. so like, and I always just wanted to like be her. And she's sure. like the most beautiful, mm-hmm. like I could just watch her forever. She's so incredibly gorgeous and mm-hmm. tiny and delicate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't understand the film as a whole. Like it's so because Francis Ford Coppola has like such like I love this like watching it now is so much better than watching it then because mm-hmm. I didn't understand how much camera angles and yeah. crazy in camera effects yeah. and there all of it is lot. all of it's practical and he was like mm-hmm. I don't want to do 
computer generation. I don't yeah. want to do that stuff. I want to do it like you would have done it like mm-hmm. in the 20s or the 30s when Nosferatu came out. Yeah. Um, and there's even the sequence where there's like a, he used an actual Pathé camera to use and like old timey film yeah, yeah, yeah. to make it look mm-hmm. like he's old, you know, and yeah. the, the camera work, it's like, I, it's like, I say it's like a movie of like a thousand ham- camera tricks Yeah. because every shot and like when you're a kid, like I didn't pay attention to that stuff. Mm-hmm. But now like when we're introduced to Renfield, yeah. there's this camera angle that I rewound it like three times. So I was like, I don't even know what that is. It's yeah. just this like. So I, you know, I beg you when you watch this to not only pay attention to like the beautiful mm-hmm. costumes, but pay attention to all the beautiful camera stuff. And yeah. it's really his like, because you don't you don't ever get a film really where the director's like, I'm going to put in everything I can do, right? You know, and and he does in this, and mm-hmm. I love that. Well, and I like that he also doesn't do it for the sake of doing it to like show you guys all my bags of tricks. I like that specifically when so we meet. Jonathan and Mina and then Jonathan has to go off to Dracula's castle to do some you know buy some land and sign some deeds and all this kind of stuff so he goes off to Dracula's castle and when we get to Dracula's castle and we you know meet Gary Oldman and his you know umpteenth ridiculous outfit and and all that everything that happens in there I feel like all the camera tricks are sort of used to illustrate that the laws of physics do not apply yes. to Dracula and his castle. So all the tricks are not necessarily like, hey, look what a cool filmmaker I am. Look at all no. the cool stuff I can do. It's totally to kind of an aid of this disconcerting uh, sense that Jonathan has being around Dracula, not only in Gary Oldman's bonkers performance and outfits, which we'll talk about, but just in just in general. It's like a lot of things that are happening that are odd, that's an in-camera trick Jonathan doesn't see, yes. but we as the audience sees. Right. And you have a sense that he kind of gets a sensation that that's weird, but he isn't fully seeing everything that we're seeing, but it really puts us in his footsteps as we're kind of going through the beginning of this journey. Um, so I like that it's done with such purpose and purpose mm-hmm. specifically I think you as a kid probably felt all of that you yes. just didn't know why you were feeling it right and I think that's very cool and what a cool idea that the laws of physics don't work because yeah. he's like he's dead and then he but he's alive so he's not natural and mm-hmm. you have like you know his shadows that are always not matching yeah. him I really enjoy that trick I understand they do that trick to death in this movie it's one of my favorite tricks it's where great. like you see Dracula the first time actually you ever see him you see his shadow first and then you see the camera kind of pans over and you see Gary Oldman in this beehive. Yes. That's this like a double beehive. A double beehive. With a, a crimson cape. That is robe. so long. Big ro- it's, it's yeah. you know, what you wear at home. Right. When you're by yourself. I mean, and also when you're 400 years old, uh-huh. you know, just chilling. Um, but Gary Oldman still looks kind of adorable. I, he's just, he, it's incredible. And he's, you know, sort of looks like the 400 year old man with the nails and the crazy face and, and the whole thing. Um, but I also like that he can do all these kind of crazy things. And also those sort of like laws of physics things start to apply to Jonathan mm-hmm. as the longer and longer that he has, you know, he has to stay there. Um, so yeah, so, you know, we meet, we meet Dracula for the first time. And um, I can't, I can't say how much I enjoy watching Gary Oldman go for it. Just chew scenery. Just because, yeah, yeah if, if, if you let him go. He'll go, yeah, and I love it. Yeah, and, and watch, just watching his performances is, is is worth watching this film for. And this is a great role to let somebody like him go because yeah. I think it's one of those things where you you have to kind of have someone who's who you know barters in madness a bit mm-hmm. to kind of play the circumstance of you are four hundred years old, you've been waiting for the love of your life ever since in this skeleton shaped castle with blue flames and crucified wolves on the outside. I mean, just like all kinds of insanity and you kind of meet this character and you're like yeah 
that guy lives there. Mm-hmm. That's his world. Mm-hmm. That's his wheelhouse, you know, and there's no part of you doubts it. And I think it takes, you have to have that kind of glimmer of madness, I think, to kind of be able to play that. Yeah. Cause I don't even know how you would get in that mindset. I don't know. But he can yeah, do it. I know. Um, and so there's so many great, uh, little camera tricks. We have the, the shadows, we have, uh, liquid dripping up. We have, yeah. um, rats that can crawl on the ceiling and there's a fantastic scene where Jonathan's shaving yeah and then uh Dracula comes up behind him can't see him in the mirror mm-hmm. um and then just starts shaving him because that would make you nervous which I was that was the thing where I was you know again Jonathan Harker's character nothing to do with Keanu Reeves is totally a doofus in this movie and I feel like it takes him forever to figure out something's afoot but I mean horror movie survival guide number one if Dracula offers to shave you you, you say, say no. no, you know, especially <laughs> with a straight razor. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is pretty basic. We shouldn't even have to be saying this rule. But here we are saying these ru- this rule because Jonathan Harker's like, you're right. You know, and you're like, no, Jonathan. But the shot of Gary Oldman licking I the know. blood, that's such a, it's, it's such so a crazy. Sight. And apparently I didn't notice this and I would rewatch it now. Uh, but uh, in the shaving scene, uh-huh. the walls move in during that sequence. Like... In camera? Yeah. Really? So the walls are get, are actually moving in on them uh-huh. and to give a sense of like Jonathan's claustrophobia, like you have this like oh. thing coming over him. That's interesting. Yeah, he to might be, be like, oh, this was a really bad idea. I definitely should not have given him that straight razor. Francis Ford Coppola might be a good director. He I might know. be onto something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, it all kind of leads up to uh, uh, Dracula seeing in a portrait of Mina. Yes. And being like, oh, she looks exactly like Winona Wright. No, she looks exactly like my Elisabetta. Um, and he realizes that he's waited all this time for good reason um and so he has jonathan harker write these letters to let everyone know that he's going to be with him for a month yeah. because you know that's what i want and he won't take no for an answer um and so uh we kind of we sort of leave jonathan and we flash into mina's world where we meet her childhood friend lucy and sadie um, frost in a luminous performance. <laughs> she's wonderful yeah she's, she's like the sexiest most beautiful like mm-hmm. you like we know a writer is pretty much the like the most beautiful person ever and then you put sadie frost next you're like yeah it's kind of a draw now. But I, I but I love I really like the character of Lucy and I'm always sort of sad when they don't when they sort of combine these characters yeah. into one female protagonist. And I really like them being separate because they are really different. And I yeah. like this idea of how you sort of portray two women in a Victorian age and Mina's engaged to Jonathan and they've only ever kissed, but it's like the only love she's ever really known, but she's kind of curious about other things where Lucy is just real has fully embraced, you know, they've got that Arabian Nights book that yeah. they're kind of like giggling <laughs> over and looking at and stuff. And Lucy's just really into being a woman like she loves being a girl she's not restricted by the victorian age she has three suitors who are incredible in this Let, movie. let's talk about those suitors i was pretty jealous i'm like oh that's right these are your i mean i just i need to trade places with lucy a little bit like this is this is pretty awesome so yeah so lucy's life is really difficult right it's really difficult because she can't decide whether or not she wants to marry richard e grant as jack seward mm-hmm. who is who runs the asylum right uh, where renfield is, where renfield is captured mm-hmm. um who p.s has also a morphine addiction. Um, Which kinda, is okay. I kind of like I'm it. okay with that. I, kinda, I, mean, I know. it kind of works, you know? Um, uh, or you can pick uh, Carrie Elways. Oh, it's Arthur Homewood. Arthur Homewood, who's like the, the most Britishy British. So dashing. Know, very dashing. Incredibly dashing mustache. 
or um, your sort of manly American, your Texan played by, with also an amazing mustache, um, played by Billy Campbell. Yes. So Quincy basically Morris. her life is wearing gorgeous dresses and deciding whether or not she wants Billy Campbell, Carrie Owens, or Richard E. Grant to marry her. That's a pretty sad life. I mean, it's just real tough. It's like um, real tough. I have some, I have some trivia for you here. Okay. Uh, I went to the Buffalo Bill Museum in uh, near Denver, Colorado. Okay. And in this museum, I learned that Buffalo Bill met Bram Stoker. And Bram Stoker thought he was such a badass, he put him in Dracula. Oh, so he's Quincy Morris. Yes. That's very interesting. That's who that is supposed to be. And I had never put them together. And then I was like, oh, okay, I see that. That's really It's kind of cool. And it's because like, it's such a weird, it's so British. And then you just have this like American cowboy that just is like, that's where's really that guy coming from? Oh, no, from? that totally makes sense, though. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really funny. So there you go. A little tip for you guys. A little trivia. Yeah, a little trivia. Um, so, yeah. So that's basically her choices. It's like she has to decide. She has to decide like who amongst these people that she's going to marry. Um, eventually, she decides. And then we and we sort of drift back and forth between also meeting Renfield, who's played by Tom Waits. Go, Tom Waits, go. Wow. Incredible. Just like, it going... took me for it yeah but and not in like the typical tom waits voice either like he fully is british and it just is crazy with his like insane hair and glasses why why did the guards at the asylum wear cages on their heads i think it's because so the prisoners don't bite their faces off i think it's to protect the cages on the prisoners heads I don't know, because I think for maybe moving them in and out, I think it's really like just to protect them. Yeah, because well, uh, Jack Seward lives in the insane asylum. He has, he like, has rooms. A, a cage yeah. in the middle of the insane asylum <laughs> that he lives in. Okay. And, um, he's, a, and, he's, and he's a morphine addict. And, and, and he addict. like has like a phonograph that he keeps his diary on. Yeah. yeah. Kind of cool. It is kind of cool. Um, and he's got floppy hair. I know. <laughs> Anyway, um, on to are you who? into him? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it's unclear. Um, so yeah, so basically we, so that's kind of how it's, uh, it's all working out. And Lucy eventually decides that she's going to be with Lord Homewood. Um, and Mina's basically waiting, waiting, waiting for Jonathan. Jonathan finally has clued in that he is a prisoner. Right. Um, and again, he like kind of looks outside briefly and sees Dracula in that insane shot where he's like scaling the side of the walls. Yeah, that would unnerve you. I mean, just, but I feel like he doesn't really have this like, I'm out of here. Like I can't take it. Instead he goes exploring and oh, he, meets, he, find? he meets Dracula's brides, I think they call them. It's like the best Dracula bride sequence, I think. It's, yeah, it's 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 something. And you're um, like, what, what do you do when there's like three incredibly hot Dracula brides right. who are, you're not, you're, they're so hot and you're also Victorian and have been repressed all the time. Right. And also you're under a spell. Right. Um, I guess just let them do whatever they want to yeah, do to me. I feel, like, then, I feel like if you, you know, in Mina's case, you'd be like, well, you get a free pass in that case. Fair play. Um, but then Dracula comes in and uh, pulls the girls off of him um, because they can't have him yet. He's, yeah. he's for Dracula. But they offer him, a, they offer, he offers them a baby. What you do you also, remember that sequence? Yes. Well, also the, the, the two of the brides are connected. They like crawl away in like a crazy spider I thing. I did see that. And where I, there's like two of them, that, like because you yeah. never really see them in full, um, and they're like monstrous, like mutants. Yeah, but it was confusing later because later you saw all three of their faces, just all kind. Of, I don't know. It's kind of confusing. I think it's just to try, more of the like physics doesn't apply. Trying to right. disconcerting. But uh, yeah, so well, Dracula's not above giving people babies. Oh no, eat. definitely not. But that's what finally breaks Jonathan. As I feel like all these kind of crazy things when when Jonathan finally loses his mind as he sees them offering the baby and they go to town on the baby and he's like no and kind of fully freaks out and i'm supposing that's when his hair turns gray or white because Mm -hmm. the next time we see jonathan he's like all messed up and it would mess you up yeah 
Um, so, uh, so Dracula decides that he's going to go to London. Um, and that, oh, that's also the very end of that sequence when we see the great Dracula laugh that's like, you know, been on the internet forever is Gary Oldman's insane Dracula mm-hmm. cackle. Um, so Dracula decides that he's going to go to London and that's when, um, we, they, we see all this great photography of sort of what Victorian London looks like in that Pathé camera shot yes. or that cool like, sort of sepia. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like handheld in the Victorian age. Yes. So it looks like... And it like dissolves it'll... into kind of back to 35 millimeter. Right. But it looks like a, like a Lumiere Brothers, like just like shot yeah. on the street. You're mm-hmm. just seeing people walk by kind of way. And, right. uh, and then we get our final, our handsome... Our incredibly handsome... Dracula which, reveal. And But this Dracula reveal is so great because his outfit is ridiculous. Uh-huh. And... Like in a design, this he should not look sexy in this getup. No, like it's an entirely with the gray blue glasses, gray suit with, with a top like hat, spectacles. Yeah, and he's got little blue spectacles and it's, this like kind of goatee thingy that looks a little like it should be kind of a seedy mustache. No, but no, I'm so into it. Super Gary into Oldman it. and his incredibly looked, high hairline has never looked sexier than he does. Yeah, there. no, wow. it totally, it totally works. I, and I you're would looking be at like, it's confusing, but you're like, no, but it is attractive. It's just it's all very yeah if he was trying to seduce me i'd be on that board yeah well he goes for it with mina and he asks that she go uh takes him to the uh cinema and and a very charming romanian accent exactly and they kind of begin this sort of friendship where they kind of go on these series of dinners and whatever and mina kind of realizes that it's a bit more than that and they take they have absinthe together um one of my favorite lines in this movie is uh, when he's giving her uh the absinthe he says the green fairy who lives in the absinthe wants your soul but you are safe with me Mm-hmm. you're like okay yes take yeah. me for absinthe and then uh, let's dance in a bunch of candles and then i'll cry a little bit and you can turn my tears into diamonds and uh, definitely does that i was like that's a solid move it's a solid move tears into diamonds every like, girl every- in the world's gonna fall for that one i'm not even really into diamonds and i'm like all right yeah that's a, that's a, good, move. It's a good move all right guys there you go there's, um, your, there's your romance tip right if you can learn how to turn tears into diamonds <laughs> any girl in the world's yours but while dracula is romancing uh mina uh, he is also visiting lucy at night okay so here's the question i have about this okay okay i have two questions yes question one okay uh there's a shot of mina and lucy kissing in this film that confuses me they're like running for the... a couple of was like hey girls in the rain now you kiss each other what's confusing like that's basically what he asked. okay if it's just that it I... is just that what else is that shot okay well you know are they saying mina and lucy have like a thing going no definitely not no okay no. you just want to see the kiss i'm yeah. into that okay because it's hot and they're mm-hmm. both beautiful and it's good. That's 100% um, what I'm Also, about. okay, if you're Dracula, I'm assuming your plan is that you get Lucy on board, her best friend, and then she can't say no kind of thing. We're like, oh, that's, that's what you think what, the plan is? But if that's the plan, why are you fucking Lucy? Because that's going to ruin everything. I thought he was just fucking visit- Lucy in beast form. He did do that, yes. Because there, yeah, there's again one of these amazing set piece sequences where Lucy is kind of hypnotized and going through the garden in this orangey red ensemble that flows upwards, and Mina sees her and follows her to this tomb-looking thing where a beast and Lucy are doing it. Um, But I think the whole Lucy bit, and also because he's feeding on her and she is changing as well, I thought it was to help kind of maintain his strength so he can stay young, so he can stay young for Mina. So I don't think that he was using Lucy to... And Lucy will then convince Mina. I think I think he was literally just using Lucy to help him stay looking good, so, so then, he can continue to romance Mina because he doesn't just want to turn Mina. Right, like he wants sort of at the end, he wants Mina to want to be with him. Yeah, of course. But so, well, you have Dracula. You're I'm just put under your spell, and it's fine. Like, but that's not what he wants. He wants it to be her choice until thing. he doesn't. Until, well, until he suddenly realizes. Um, yeah, but that's what I think that is. I think he was just using Mina to stay young. Well, so why don't why doesn't he just? Uh, just get random people 
just like mm-hmm. bite random people and then leave Lucy alone because then like Mina's distracted because oh her best friend's dying. Mm-hmm. Okay, just saying. Um, we all, we do get um, a very gnarly uh, blood transfusion. Oh yeah, with, uh, when they're like, trying to save Mina's life, uh, Lucy's. Oh, life. sorry, Lucy's life. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, a really gnarly Victorian blood transfusion that involves like a pump. Yeah, and then Carrie always has to uh, has to inject himself, and his blood has to go into a jar, and then the other side of it goes into Lucy, and then they pump and they transfuse their blood that way. It seems pretty horrible. Yeah, it's it's an, it's intense. Yeah. Um, uh, this was uh, so they they fi- they don't know what's wrong with Lucy. Mm-hmm. She's dying, but they can't figure out why, and she doesn't have a lot of blood, and so so they bring in the big guns. Doctor Seward calls his buddy, mm-hmm. Doctor uh, Abraham Van Helsing, played mm-hmm. by Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. who we get to see first in a great. Uh, uh, surgeons what do they call those the theater yeah Lund- yeah uh, it's sort of a surgery theater where he's yes. kind of performing or sort of i mean he is performing really yes. where he's like showing everybody like look how what a genius i am and you know how flippant i am about death and this and that and yeah um but he i feel like he shows up and pretty quickly he's like oh yeah she's been bitten by a vampire oh yeah there's vampires around all right so let's just figure out who this guy is and where he is and you know um and he doesn't seem to under and he doesn't know that mina has the person the count that mina has been seen right um is really dracula mm-hmm. um so it doesn't end great for lucy unfortunately no, pretty bad um, uh it's yeah. bitchy. we have we have uh incredible again the costume design of lucy's wedding dress which is this crazy yeah, like which they hyper elizabethan ruffle Mm -hmm. matched with white gown yeah uh, which they bury her in a in a glass coffin coffin. pretty pretty classy yeah um and they and they and dr van helsing says that they're gonna have to stake her she's yeah kill her yeah well because they there he realizes how she's died the fact that she's not dead that she's going to come back um and uh he has this great line with uh, dr seward where he says i I want you to bring me before nightfall a set of post-mortem knives dr seward says you want to do an autopsy on lucy uh and helsing van helsing says no not exactly i just want to cut off her head and take out her heart yeah that's it just no big deal and like richard grant's like like runs away like can't even handle it um but that's why i like the the role of these sort of three suitors they're basically the muscle in this story so basically whatever van helsing says like look this is the deal are you in or are you out and they're like because they love lucy they're in they're always in you know it it seems it's such an odd dynamic because it's not real at all there's no way that those guys would like hang out together because like once she chooses one of them the other two are like fuck off but but that's what i do enjoy about sort of the faithfulness to the book is in the book i remember really liking the fact that the three of them were friends they all just happen to be in love with her and then as soon as she picks one of them they all stay friends they're like well no more feelings you know and just kind of you know because they all still like each other and they all love her so just because she's not going to marry one of them they're not going to give her up i like that i love that and so i like that i think that carrie always and billy campbell and richard e grant do a great job of that in this movie we're like the sort of the camaraderie between the three of them and the fact that they still always want to help lucy yeah. and be doing whatever it is to like truly help her in this life or the next they always kind of stick with and i like that and francis ford coppola apparently sent them on little adventures together oh really before filming so that they would be he like sent them on like a hot air balloon trip uh-huh. and like horseback riding yeah. and so they could be like buddies that's really cute it's cute um so jonathan does eventually escape and uh, mina goes off to marry him in some like random Romanian Orthodox church. His hair is turned gray, mm-hmm. um, which I will say it gets a little wishy-washy as this movie goes on because they come back to London and then they've kind of discovered where they think Dracula is and, you know, the chasing of Dracula begins. Um, and alternately in different sequences, Keanu's hair shows up and it just looks like it's kind of been dusted gray. And then other times he'll burst through a door and he's got a full gray wig on. And so it seems like it's a, it's very like full maybe, gray, a little bit. Like that wig like a, is all a, over a the place. Thing. I think so. And it's all over the place. Okay. Um, but basically it leads up to that moment where um, Dracula visits Mina 
as Green Mist. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, she realizes that he killed Lucy, that like who he really is and what he's done. And she admits that she loves him. She finds out that he killed Lucy and she starts going to town on him, just like beating him up and stuff. And then she realizes that she loves him anyway and that she wants to be with him forever and she wants to be like him. Mm-hmm. And so he's finally getting everything he wants. And she was like, do it, turn me, do it. And then when he starts to do it, he realizes that he doesn't want to condemn her to the hell that is immortality, the way that he sees it. He's like, no, I don't want to, I don't want you to become like me. I don't want you to be a beast. I don't want you. It's a little um, late in the game for that. I know. I was like, you might've thought this through. As she's drinking the blood from your chest. Right. You're like, no, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I guess he starts to, uh, he 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 tells her that he's crossed oceans of time for her, which is accurate. Which is actually accurate. <laughs> Ding! Because well, I, I love, I know that the love story is not, is, does not exist really in the film. It's more of like he's terrifying her. But right. I love that they play this up in it. Um, my favorite quote from this film, uh, Dracula says, Do you believe in destiny? That even the powers of time can be altered for a single purpose. That the luckiest man who walks the earth is the one who finds true love. Wow. And the girls go, oh. Ding! <laughs> And the boys go, kill him, kill him now. Kill no, him but, but that, you know, that, that you, you have this, you always have Dracula as just this monster and then yeah. you have him here as kind of a romantic character where yeah. he's just really looking for love like anybody else. And that's what I think is really unique about this film is I feel like that element is definitely in the book of him as this very romantic figure. And you don't see that so much on film. It's really about like, kind of like he's always been sort of very debonair yeah but I don't know if you would if, I don't know if it was like all the girls swooned in such a way and you know Gary Oldman and Winona Ryder have great chemistry in this movie mm-hmm. and I think they do a really good job of sort of like at the end of the day this is a very gothic horrifying you know right. bloody love story but it kind of is and even up until the end they are they eventually you know chase Dracula back to his castle the three suitors, Keanu Reeves, Van Helsing, and Mina has sort of partially turned, but she's sort of at the corner where they realize if they kill Dracula, she'll go back. And it ends with, uh, you know, Billy Campbell sort of being mortally wounded and it j- and Dracula being stabbed in the chest. And they end up back kind of at the beginning where they, at sort of the, this altar, and he asks Mina to help kill him, basically, to like, re- to like end, end his immortality. Um, and because she loves him, she totally does. And she shoves that knife all the way into his heart and then kisses him goodbye and cuts off his head immediately. Yeah. And the whole thing happens in like five seconds. And you're like, wow, wow, love story, you know? But she does it out of love, not out of, ooh, you're gross, you're Dracula, vampires are bad. It's like a love story all the way to the end. Yeah. Um, and I like that a lot, you know? And you know that, like, Jonathan and Mina are going to end up together, but, like, that's not the point, you know? And it's, what a weird relationship they have now that it's, like, mm-hmm. he's been off being fucked by, like, Dracula brides forever, and uh-huh. she's actually been with Dracula, but now they're still together. So yeah. So they can kind of, it kind of cancels out. Right. <laughs> I think they're, like, they're kind of even. Yeah, I think they are kind of even. And also, maybe they just want things just to be calm for a little bit because yeah. this was these these versions of love were a lot you know so maybe we can just maybe. but how sad is it for jonathan to know that like she's never going to love him like she loved dracula like he's going to get the victorian like pleasant yes. kind of love but not like passion and everything but again because i feel like the jonathan character is sort of a doofus i don't know that he really makes that distinction nor minds yeah you know what i mean because i think he wants to kind of go back to having things be this sort of straight laced Right. Very, you know, of the times, you know, and I don't, I don't know if that really bothers him so much. Um, so, so, in terms of movie ratings, 
Um, do you want to do a gore factor? You do it. Okay. I'll do a gore factor. One, not enough blood to fill a Dixie cup. Two, puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, bathtub of blood. And five, run for the barf bag. Um, and we gave this a four. There's Which, a lot of gore. There is so much blood in this movie. Well, if it's Dracula, you gotta get blood. Bloodtastic. I like that one scene when uh, in Lucy's room when they're trying to like exercise her, and then the walls just like explode in blood, and like everything's covered in blood. And people vomit blood. I it's mean, just so much blood. Bloodtastic. It is bloodtastic. Uh, and then, as far as movie ratings go, we have one to five chainsaws. One if you're desperate. Two barely qualifies as a horror film. Three seen worse, seen better. Four not too shabby, and five is fantastical. Two fives from us. Yeah. Fantastical. Which I feel like some people probably are going to give us crap about because they're like, look, Why? this movie is ridiculous. Look at the look at the like the work that went into this film yeah. and tell me it's not a great film. I think also, too, that's kind of a bit of the uh, a bit of our where our own filmmaker bias is coming in is because, you know, we love movies so much. We're like, look at all the work, you yeah. guys. Look at the choices that were made. Look, look at, at this the, camera angle. That's on. insane. Yeah, I know. Um, but I do. You know, I do think, I mean, perhaps Keanu Reeves aside, everyone does a really good job of in their role. And I really like how faithful it was to the book and uh, how exciting and frankly how like gothic rama they made it like i i like the kind of go big go home with these sort of like large stories and i think they did a good job with this yes run out and see this one if you haven't it's a great one of course on the big screen is always preferable but you know we'll take do, what do you what get. you can do what you can yeah uh so we're gonna go from big crazy gothic to a little lower budget yes. uh with uh pumpkin head from which is, 1988 which, which is like the opposite of like gothic extravaganza yeah so. this is a whole different ball of wax yeah but interesting stan winston's directorial debut i so know that's so crazy we're gonna talk about mr Pumpkinhead. mr Pumpkinhead. we will see you then All next right. week peace out <laughs> bye guys i don't know why i said that <laughs> that's terrible i don't know i don't know what they said we're keeping it all right